Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Oh, well, good morning. How are you doing? You doing good? Do you like who you sat next to this morning? Are you happy with your choice? There are some seats, you know, if you need to move, like that's okay, we can allow you. It's important you like who you sat next to, you know. Um, shout out uh, to everybody online. Welcome uh, to Gastrid. Always such a joy um, to get to share around God's Word. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we value you so much in the chat. Do you know that we've got a whole bunch of people like online who, who, who engage with Gastrid? Uh, we got to be on the hello and welcome Zoom call the other week with a whole bunch of people who consider Gastrid home, who, some who have never even been in the building. So that's awesome, which is very, very exciting. Um, have you got a Bible? Who's got a real Bible in the house? Who still brings a real Bible? Um, this is just the part where we get to just have a little chat. I won't be long. I've been given three hours like max, so I'll, I'll use two and a half, I promise. I won't be too long. I'm kidding, we've got a whole bunch of baptisms to get through, so I'll be swift, but um, I just want to encourage you really this morning, I've got a simple thought, um, whether you are used to this environment or not, and um, I mean, it's great to see so many family and friends with us this morning here for the baptisms in just a moment. Uh, You're so welcome here, thank you so much for uh, coming to, I guess, hang out and join in, and um, we're going to hear some testimonies of just what the Lord is doing in people's lives. It's always exciting. So let's go to the book of Philemon, or Philemon, as some would say, but we're going to stick with Philemon this morning. This is a very short text, a personal letter written by old man Paul, who is in a prison somewhere. He's, he's putting some words on a, on a, I guess, a piece of paper, and he's writing to... One of his sons in the faith, a gentleman by the name of um, Philemon, uh, on behalf of another gentleman, Onesimus, which um, we're going to get into in just a moment. And um, I'm going to read this out. I've got the letter here. I managed to get the original document uh, written all those years ago, printed this morning from Microsoft Word. Um, uh, Philemon, and uh, this is a lot of Bible, okay? Like I'm catching some of you up here this morning. Uh, Here's what it says. This is Paul. He says, I always thank God for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord and your love for all of God's people. I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me so much joy and comfort, my brother. For your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. That is why I am boldly asking a favour of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it is the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this a request from me, Paul, an old man. It's important that we pause there and recognize that the Lord can use you at 76 just as much as He can use you at 37. We need every generation engaged in these days, from the youngest to the vintage in the room. Every single one of us matter. Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for the sake of Jesus Christ, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. 
Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he's very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here while I am in these chains for preaching the good news, for he would have helped me on your behalf, but I didn't wanna do anything without your consent. I wanted to help you because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He is no longer a slave to you. He is more than a slave. For he's a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean so much more to you both as a man and as a brother. So if you consider me, brother in the Lord, so if you consider me as your partner, welcome him as you'd welcome me. If he's wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to me. I wanna share a few thoughts this morning if you're taking notes from that subject. Charge it to me. ESV says, charge it to my account. Charge it to my account. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your presence in this house. Lord, I thank you for every person in the room, online, listening in, maybe wondering what is, what is this? Maybe you're visiting. God, I thank you that you know us all by name. Father, we thank you for your word this morning that's not dead, but it's alive. It's active, it's sharp, it's sharper than a double-edged sword. Father, your word has the ability to get into the areas and spaces in our lives that perhaps nothing else can get into. We pray, God, this morning that as your word is preached, as it goes out, I pray that it lands on good soil, that it produces something in the room in our lives. It's able to do that. Let it bring transformation today. Let it bring healing and restoration and reconciliation if it needs to. Let it challenge us, let it equip us for the day, the week, the months, the years ahead. Father, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And someone with faith said, amen. Can we thank Eden for helping me sound spiritual this morning? Thank you, Eden. Charge it to my account. Okay, so a question for the room. Does anybody in the room have any people problems? Come on, people annoy you from time to time. If your hand's not raised, you're lying in church. How can you be lying in church? Every single one of us have, have people problems. I know people annoy you. You're just not honest about it. They annoy you. They annoy me sometimes when uh, they add S's to things. For example, Tesco's instead of Tesco. That annoys me. Makes my blood pressure rise. When they ch- eat, chew too loud, breathe too loud, bad manners, pleases and thank yous. These things annoy me. They annoy you too. I know they do. Uh, people uh, irritate and offend us. You irritate and offend people. You didn't know you did, did you? You do. You do. It's good news for us. Uh, if it's not your boss, it's your spouse, not mine. She's a perfect angel. Um, yeah, yeah, she's in the room somewhere. Um, <laughs> if it's not your kids, it's your parents or your siblings or your best friend for life. I ask you again, does anybody in the room have any people problems? Come on. One or two more of us, that's excellent. In our text here this morning, here's a letter that is addressed and designed to sort out some people problems between two individuals, Philemon 
and Onesimus. Paul writes this letter to uh, hopefully find a a resolution between them. This unique letter is not discussed or even talked about much. I guess people perhaps would think that it has no value because unlike some of the big letters in the Bible, Ephesians, uh, Romans, Corinthians, written to bodies of people, this letter is a personal letter. It's a personal letter penned by the trembling hand of, of old man Paul in a dark, dingy prison, a man who's run the race, who's fought the good fight and Yet he finds time to think of his spiritual son, Philemon, to write just a note to him, scribbled on a piece of paper. Paul thought enough of Philemon to write to him, but not about him, but rather about Onesimus. A little bit of background, Philemon was a wealthy man. So wealthy, in fact, that he was a slave owner. And if we look at this from our Western lens, we may just miss the point. In their culture, the true Christian slave owner would have given the person the choice to walk away and live a free life if there was one. In fact, uh, in, fact in that culture, slavery and servanthood was seen as an, act, as an act of kindness. Otherwise, he would have been killed. If he stayed, he would have been treated with dignity and respect. Onesimus, on the other hand, a runaway slave. A runaway servant. When you run, you generally take something with you, is what I heard. And so Onesimus, in order to fund his his runaway lifestyle, he would have stolen, perhaps, from Philemon. And, And while he's on the run... Who who should he run into? None other than Pastor Reverend Paul himself. And I think you and I can relate to that because there's been a time when you've been a runaway. Well, you and I have have been runaways and ran into a divine encounter. Perhaps for some of you this morning, you've been on the run and this morning for you, may just be a divine encounter as you are introduced to this Jesus that we, that we sing about. Oh, I love this. The Bible doesn't go into much detail regarding how they met, but Paul ends up sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he loves you so much. He's got a plan for your life. He died for you, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. More on that later, Onesimus ends up opening his heart out to the Lord and receives Jesus. Paul is a veteran. Oh, he's old school. He's done this before. He understands that this is a big ask. He's asking Philemon to take back somebody who's robbed and stolen from him and disappointed him. And who else knows what? You know what it's like when you're gearing up to ask somebody a favor. You have to sweet talk them a little bit. You have to, you have to work them a little bit. Uh, just a week and a half ago, Ronya, who's here, gives me a phone call. She says, hey, Tabs, I need a massive favor. I said, Ronya, I'm not doing it. 
I said, I don't even know what it is, but I'm not doing it. And he's like, no, look, I really need it. There's, there's no one else you can do it. You know those vibes when, when that's the card. I said, Ronnie, okay, fine, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. What is it? She says, it's a reference. I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Let it be known I am no longer doing references, okay? Ronya says, listen, please. I'm like, Ronya, no. She's like, okay, 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 fine. I need it by Friday. I said, I'm thinking I'm gonna have time on Monday to do this, to get around to this reference. Um, Saturday comes, Ronya texts me. She says, hey, just checking in on that reference. I said, Ronya, I'm doing it on Monday. I'm having, I'm away this weekend. I'm, 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 I'm doing bits, I'm busy. And so, and so I, I go and check the reference. I hadn't checked it yet. Uh, the reference uh, says um, 150 words per question is enough. I'm thinking, oh, I bet it is. <laughs> I look down at the questions, 23 questions, 3,450 word reference. That's not a reference, that's an essay. I said, Ronya, I'm not doing it. Weekend's ruined, I'm fuming. Told my wife, I'm, I'm fuming, I'm, it's, it's over. Anyway, I get the reference in, doorbell rings on Monday. Ronya's at the door, what? What's Ronya doing? I'm fuming, I don't wanna, I don't wanna see her, I'm mad. <laughs> Ronya comes up with a, with a gift to say thank you for doing the reference. How could I stay mad? How, how could I be angry? Listen, if someone does a reference for you, get them a gift. I like cheesy Watsits, okay, the giant ones. <laughs> if you're gonna ask, somebody for a favor, you have, you have to prepare them. So what does Paul do? Because he's done this before, he, he, he encourages, he encourages Philemon. He says, I always thank God for you when I pray for you. It's encouraging when someone's praying for you. I was wandering here the other Sunday night, you know, there's extended worship and I was just around the back of this section and a young man comes up to me, uh, obviously not that much older than me because you know I'm approximately 19 years of age. So, so he comes up to me and says, hey, 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 can I, can I pray for you? I'm like, sure, young man. Puts his hand on my shoulder. Starts praying for him, starts praying for me and absolutely just nails some pretty significant things that I'm dealing with personally right now that he would never have known about. End up feeling so encouraged, just encouraging. Paul knows, I, I always thank God for you when I pray for you. What does he do? Secondly, he gives him vision gives him vision for his life. He says, I keep hearing about your faith. You're famous. People are talking about it everywhere. I keep hearing about your faith and your love for God's people. Remember, he's gearing up for a big ask. And so, and so he's, he's giving him vision. Listen, some of you need to stop telling people what to do. And I know that's pretty rich coming from me because I'm telling you right now. You ought to give people vision. He reminds him of who he, who he is. Remember who you are, Simba. Remember. Re when, you know, when you know who you are, decisions are just better. You make better decisions when you know who you are and whose you are and where you're coming from. He, he encourages him. He gives him vision. He speaks of their love and respect for one another. I could demand this. Now, now, because of who I am, I could demand this from you. He says, but because of our love, because we've done the journey, because we've served together, I prefer simply just to ask. Consider this a request from me, Paul. An old man now, not only that, but also a prisoner for the sake of Jesus Christ, if that doesn't move Philemon, I'm not sure what will because now he's ready to hear that name. 
whose name that when you hear it sends shivers down your spine, perhaps causes your blood pressure to rise. We've all got a name or two whose name that when you hear mentioned, it brings back painful memories or a difficult season or perhaps past failures that you would rather forget. Paul understood that there may just be some sensitivity around the mention of this name. He says, I need you to show kindness to my child, Anisimus. It's worth noting that by law, uh, by running away Philemon, uh, by running away from Philemon in that culture, Onesimus would have put himself under the death penalty. He had broken the law and justice demanded his life. His life was now on the table. At this point, the only thing standing between Onesimus and death was perhaps Paul. Perhaps it was the letter. Perhaps it was the reference. Sometimes, Sometimes the only thing and the only person I realize standing between myself and spiritual death and, and apathy is, is Jesus. Sometimes I, I figure that out. I'm learning from this text that when you, run from, when you run into Jesus, you go from fugitive to son. There's about to be a transition for some of us here this morning where we have been wandering like nomads walking around in circles, ending up in the same space, the same place of disappointment, frustration, tiredness, lack. And today you're gonna run right into the heart of God for you because He's got a plan for your life. Right here, right now, when you, when you run into Jesus, you go from wandering fugitive to son. When you run into Jesus, write this down, you are found. You found, verse 10 says, I became his father in the faith while here in prison. You know what it's like to be a runaway. You do when you're running away from something. Running away from a conversation that you need to have. Running away from a people group. Running away from responsibility, from situations because it's easier to do so. I'd rather not, I'd rather not have that conversation where it becomes easier to pretend and it, and it feels like everything is okay, but it's not because you have no peace. You know what it's like to be a runaway. Can't deal with, things you can't deal with anymore. You might not admit it, but we've all been there. Some of us, some of us in the room online are running right now. Maybe not physically, but perhaps emotionally you or avoiding certain things, or spiritually you're avoiding actually engaging with who this Jesus is. I've heard a lot about him, I've seen other people in their faith, but it's just not for me. At some point, you're gonna have to go on a journey and just to discover what is, what is this, the good news this morning is that he pursues you and I. Oh, he pursues us. David said in Psalm 139, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the, in the Father's devotions, even your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. I love this from David, but even in darkness, 
I cannot hide from you. Some of you have been hiding in the darkness. I guess that's what we're gonna hear this morning and witness testimony after testimony as, as we see countless people go into that water and, and come out new, fresh, restored. I guess that's, that's the testimony that they once were lost, but now they are found. I became his father in the faith. He pursues us, he still does. Come on, come on, you, 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 know, the Lord, you know the Lord is pursuing you. You do. Yeah, you do. You know he's pursuing you. He's, he's placed people in your life. You've watched their journey. You've seen them transform. You've been, a, you've been a front row witness. You've seen the difference Jesus has made in their life. He can, he can find you in the darkest of places and snatch you out. Some of you this morning, the Lord wants to snatch you out of fear, snatch you out of, of, of darkness, snatch you out of doubt and cynicism and apathy when it comes to your faith. Why? Because nothing can separate you and I from the love of God. Nothing can separate. There are things that try circumstances, people, things on our mind, disappointment, lack, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Stop giving yourself a hard time. Nothing can get in the way. He loves you so much. Still got a plan. Nothing can say, is anybody thankful here this morning for amazing grace? Come on, there are two or three people that are just grateful that, for that amazing grace, for I once was lost, but now I'm, I'm found. Oh, how sweet the sound, he finds us. Yeah, sorry. There's a second thing when you run into Jesus where he forges a new identity. Paul says to Philemon, verse 16, he is no longer a slave to you. He's more than a slave. For he's a beloved brother, especially to me. Listen, Philemon, I'm aware that a slave left you. But I'm sending back a son. A son to me, a brother to you. The man that left you had some insecurities. He did. He strived for the approval of others. How often do we strive for the approval of others. He probably struggled with comparison, comparing himself to others. I, I don't do it quite like that person. He struggled, he probably had some, some jealousy in his heart, had other sources of comfort, but the man that I'm sending back to you, oh, he's found security in Jesus. He's no longer striving for the approval of others, but has found peace in the approval of the one. Onesimus, by the way, which means useful, which is pretty ironic considering the fact that he, in the previous season, he had been useless. Paul is trying to convey to Philemon that, hey, this, this guy is now living up to his name. What would it look like if we started living up to our names? I wonder what that would look like in your household. I wonder. I don't know what they've called you. I don't know 
what they said about you. I don't know the lies that you've started believing that are just not true. But when you run into Jesus, He forges a new identity. The old has gone and the new has come. Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. On the other hand, Philemon interestingly means affectionate or the one who is kind. Now, in, now if the slave is expected to live up to his name, how much more so for the master? This is confronting and it's challenging because the question is, can you love somebody that you've been angry with? It's a toughie. Yeah, it's tough. How about the band come up and I'll wrap up in a moment. God will test you with people sometimes, won't he? Yeah, he will. He'll test you with people. <laughs> Someone said, yeah, too loud there. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> He tests me with people, my goodness. Y'all are hard to love. It's tough sometimes. Oh, I see someone just receiving a new identity in the spirit here today. Just see the Lord snatching you out of, some of you have come in here this morning and you've got some really complex thoughts happening in your mind. And you've tried this, hasn't worked. You've tried that. You've tried that course. You've subscribed to that. And I just want to, grab you by the shoulders and just shake you and say, hey, hey, it's Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It only ever is Jesus. As you can see, I mean, this is not like a weird space. Like, like we're pretty normal people. I mean, I like to think that I am. Ronya's not sure. Fair enough. Oh, you'd place your trust in Jesus. That's what this pool represents. It represents a new identity. This isn't just some cool idea that we thought, oh, let's just do this every now and then. No, no, this, this is very much spiritual. This is powerful. That when those that are going into that water are dying to an old life, a public declaration of an internal transformation, and they're saying yes to a new life in Christ, that's powerful, that's a game changer. And you know, like it's not always like bang, like your life changes, right? It's this, this whole thing is a, every single one of us are on a journey. Like none of us are perfect. We haven't got it together, I assure you. Okay, like every day, like, like I'm messing up. But it's a journey where we keep coming back to the heart of the Father. We keep saying yes. When you run into Jesus, here's the last thing, your future is secured. Some of, you, some of you want to secure your future. Great. We're using, we're going, we're going about that in, in, in various ways. I'll present to you this morning, Dr. Martin Luther King, he said, and, and I guess you've picked this up, he said that we are the Lord's Onesimus. You have to understand that God created us to serve Him. He's our Lord, but like Onesimus, we, we rebelled against Him. We said, I don't need that. I don't need that, I'm good on my own. And we go about our lives, every day is the same and get into that, get into that. We said, nah, 
No, I'm not going there. That's not for people like me. So what did we do? We took the bodies that He gave us. We took the intelligence, the gifts and talents that He entrusted to us to use for Him and we wasted them on ourselves. And we claimed to be free from God, but what happened was we became slaves to sin. And like Onesimus, we were condemned fugitives on the the run, useless, guilty, for we had robbed God. But like Onesimus, we ran into a Paul. Paul, who encouraged you in the Lord and told you that Jesus loves you, that He died for you, that He's got a plan for your life, but you didn't wanna deal with God because you suddenly remembered all the baggage, all the stuff. You know what I'm talking about? All the stuff. And you said to yourself, God, I'm useless. How can I come back to you? I'm glad you asked this morning. I love it when you ask me questions while I'm preaching. (laughs) Because that's where Jesus steps in. He says, no, 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 stop right there. Stop right there, Don't, don't, don't speak another word on your own behalf. Let me do that. Let me speak for you. In fact, in fact, give the master this letter. Give the master, let this letter speak for you. You look down at the letter, you read, if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. You're thinking to yourself, this is crazy. And we do this, you say, God, but what about my sin? What about my lust? What about my pride? What about my jealousy, my anger? The need to get revenge all the time. You look, look down at the letter, it says, if he's wronged you in any way, he owes you anything, it says, charge it to me. Charge it to my account, says the Lord. Is anybody thankful here today that we serve a God that, that paid a high price for my life, for your life, that, that died on a cross, that, that, that settled the bill? He said, not on my watch, says the Lord, not on my watch. Trevine, Trevine's life, charge it to my account, says the Lord. James Levy, charge it to my account. Let this letter speak for you. Let the reference do the talking. Oh, come on, I sense new life for some of us here this morning. You thought you came to to spectate, to support. This isn't a show. I don't know if you're feeling entertained, but this is not entertainment. (laughs) Oh, Oh, this is as real as it comes. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, Easter's coming up. You want to be here in a few weeks to hear the good news of Jesus. It's Jesus that took away the sin of the world, all of our pain, guilt, shame, nailed to a cross. Why? So we could be free. So we could be one with Him, united. And this isn't for some whosoever whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life this is Jesus this is the cross this is what he did for you and I let's stand to our feet let me pray Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. 
If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church.